Okay, so imagine these softest sheets you've ever felt, and now imagine them getting even softer with every wash. Told you guys about this company before, but I'm gonna tell you again, and I'm honestly not gonna stop telling you because they are the best sheets on the market. In a recent customer survey, 96% said that Bowen brand sheets get softer with every wash, which I didn't take that survey, but if I did, I would have been in the 96% because I am telling you, it's like you've tried them at first and you can't believe that they could get softer and then they just continually do. A lot of things I like about this company. First of all, they're made with the rarest 100% organic cotton and are completely free from toxins. Second of all, they're buttery soft, but also breathable. So they kind of work in any season. They have over 11,000 reviews, 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Their signature sheets come in 13 versatile colors in all sizes. So from twin up to California King, I have them in the color stone. I have the color mineral. I have a waffle blanket. Like I got a lot of things from this company and everything is just quality. I so badly need you to try them so that you can understand what I mean. I'm telling you, I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and everyone I know is hooked. Sleep better at night with the softest sheets from Bowl and Branch. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code CBC at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code is CBC. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back. I think this is the first week that our new schedule is put into play, right? Yes. Okay, so I know I said this before, but going forward, Mondays will be our regular episodes and then Wednesdays will be our bonus episodes. Wow, it's a nice little change of pace. Nice little change. So two things. This will be our regular episode. And at the end, we are going to cut to our interview from last week with Kristen Cavallari. She was here promoting season three of Very Cavallari. She was awesome. She's so great. She's so much fun. Okay, to be honest, like we don't have a relationship with her at all. A lot of the times people that come in here, we know them from the account or we've spoken to them before, we become friendly. And that wasn't the case at all with her. He just kind of reached out to us. And of course we were so excited, but we really didn't know her. She comes in so enthusiastic, so real. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. And I was so pleasantly surprised. She was like a I really enjoyed being with I her. I so agree. Don't, didn't you? Yes, so much. I, I like so much more. Not that I like didn't expect to. I just felt like I had no expectations. And I was so happy with how it went. Yeah, we talked about obviously the new season, but also we got into the hills and Laguna Beach. It was very nostalgic. And then also this Wednesday for our bonus show, we have Victor Cruz coming in, which like what a plot twist that is. I'm so excited. So it was just announced last week that he's one of the co-hosts of Pop of Morning, which is E's new show. They like got rid of, I guess, the nighttime E! News. And now it's this morning show in addition to Daily Pop. So he's coming in. I'm so excited. That's going to be, my dad is so excited. We'll see what happens. Anyway, a lot of, honestly, not that much news this week, which is good because we have the Kristen interview. Right. I'm not, but no, a, I mean, there's some stuff to talk about. But I don't here. feel overwhelmed. No, no, no. <laughs> Never. You want to start with Oscars or Critics', Critics Choice? Let's start with Oscars. Okay. I love a I love a podcast on the same morning as an Oscar nom announcement. There's something about it. It feels like going to school, like just when you find out who made the play or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any. <laughs> <laughs> it was like you nerds. <laughs> yeah, except I'm excited about this. Um, I feel like it's a lot of what was expected for the Oscar noms. I feel like the most notable thing was that J Lo didn't get the nomination for Best Supporting Actress. Do you think that that's surprising? Um. I'm not shocked by it, but I would have loved to see it. Let me rephrase my question. Do you think that people that expected it, expected it because they genuinely thought 
her performance was deserving or because of the hype around it? A little bit of both. Yeah, I kind of think so too. Maybe just in continuing the year of J-Lo in it of itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that I think that it would have been really, like, really cool to see J-Lo's name as an Oscar nom. And I think that we will see that happen. I, I totally point. agree. So I'm not overly concerned. Um, also, Greta Gerwig did not get the, the Best Director nomination for Little Women. So all men again, which is like... I don't know. I mean, I know I shouldn't be surprised, I guess, but I am. I, that, I think that's what everybody feels like. You know what I mean? Everyone's like... Not shocked, but not happy. No, it, it's kind of yeah. She that, did get the, she did get for um, Little Woman did get for best original screenplay or best screenplay, not original screenplay. Do you have any predictions? Um, no, honestly, I haven't seen a lot of the movies. This always happens Oscar season where like I love the Golden Globes and the Emmys because I'm so on top of things, and then Oscars come around and I'm like, fuck, everything I said I was gonna do this year I didn't do. We're gonna have to do that. Every every year at the Oscars, it makes me feel like I didn't accomplish what I wanted to in the year. It's true. I remember last year, we were like, we said we were going to watch every single movie, and we just every didn't. Every single year. You know something? Year. It's a new year. It's a new us. We still have time, and let's make it a priority. Yeah. As soon as I finish Little Women. <laughs> yeah. God, that book's, it's fucking long. It's long as shit. It's 500 pages written in 1868. Like, how am I supposed to read that quickly? I mean, you're the one that put this rule on yourself. I had to. Well, there you have it. Okay, Critics' Choice. So I have to just say, Zendaya comes last night no. in this Tom Ford hot pink number. No. 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 It's like, you know, people say like, oh, she can do no wrong. There are very few celebrities that I say that about. Truly, there's not something she could show up in that I don't think I would be in awe of. I find her to be so breathtaking and stunning and powerful. She is. Like more than just how beautiful she is, she has this No, it's everything. Pres- everything. She has about like a her. presence, right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. So we posted last night, um, I think Manor Peller posted a picture of Zendaya and Gwyneth commented like, at least I can say I have something in common with Zendaya now and it, because she was wearing that same Tom Ford, what was it, like a like a breasted breastplate bralette kind yeah. of thing on the cover of, I think, Harper's. Her, her, on her newest Harper's Bazaar. Yeah, which was so funny. Like the epitome of even famous people love famous people. Like Gwyneth Paltrow thinking it's so cool that she had the same thing as Zendaya. Zendaya has that effect. She She's does. like, a, you know who else has that effect? Like a Normani. Like totally has that effect where you're just like honored to have done something even remotely similar to what she's same doing. Same with Rihanna. Yes. Oh, Absolutely. please. I, I would let literally... If Zendaya and Rihanna were in a car together and they hit me with it, I would write a thank you note yeah, and send flowers. No, it's unbelievable. Wait, so you guys remember how at, at the Golden Globes, we were kind of, you know, disappointed with J-Lo's look. And Julie, <laughs> yeah, I think they remember. And, and Julie made a really good point of being like, listen, if you do 10 things in a year, there's no way the 10 out of 10 are going to be spot on. She's like, so she got 9 out of 10. She comes back fucking strong. She comes to the Critics' Choice in this stunning, like, beige, silver But I wish number. she had worn to— but you know something? I'm glad she didn't because it made me happier to see Yeah, it. I agree. I, she looked gorgeous. She just, yeah. It was perfect for the event. It was gorgeous, simple, exactly what I wanted her to wear. Mandy Moore in this Ellie Saab, black, almost kind of complicated, but also kind of simple. Like jumpsuit, jumpsuit yeah. Jumpsuit-y thing, really. You know, Mandy Moore, I forget how much I grew up with her until I see her out more because sometimes I feel like she's not as much in our orbit. Oh my God. Well, you don't watch This Is Us. I don't watch This Is Us, no. So when I see her on a red carpet, I'm like, there you are. There you are. Nice to see you again, You're that girl from Princess Diaries. You know what I mean? Oh my God. When was the last time you watched A Walk to Remember? Oh my God. A a long time ago. 
You know what the best part of a walk to remember is? What? That you'll love, and I think you forgot about this, when they're at the, like, in the middle of nowhere in that scene where they're on the road, and they play the version of Dancing in the Moonlight. That's the slow version. Yes. That's Julie and I's, that's our song. I said to my mom, how old was I when I saw that? We were really young, and I was like, this is the version of Dancing in the Moonlight I want to dance to at my wedding. That version right there. You've always said that. I've always said it. I will. love that scene. Also, Eddie Murphy was honored with the Critics' Choice Award, um, the Lifetime Achievement Award, which that that's a guy that, you know, like I he's, he's one of the few when I consider like the mecca of talent, celebrity, comedy. Oh like my he's God, yeah, he's like a Chris Rock. Yeah, totally. he's like a Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, really? he's, he's yeah, he's another level. He really is. Also, Alex Bornstein, um, Bornstein. I want to read her speech. She won for best supporting actress in a comedy series, and she thanked her parents in her speech. And she said, "My parents were able to, were able to, in a single breath, tell me that they love me, that I was the greatest thing since sliced bread, but also that I ate too much bread, that I should stop eating so much bread, that I was starting to look like bread." I just felt really. It's like, I feel so seen. Yeah, there's a lot of times where people give speeches and I just can't relate. And I'm like, you know what? We are one in the same. One in the fucking same. You may same. have won an award. You may have been on a, one of the most talked about shows of all time. But, but your parents are concerned about your carbon take. <laughs> when it comes down to it, your last name is Borstein. And I know you weren't allowed to have Wonder Bread <laughs> in your house growing up. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, should we give a little uh, Royals update? Yes, because this one's so good. Okay, so if you guys remember last week, we did the emergency episode with Elizabeth Holmes, journalist, Royals expert, really just all around exceptional woman. And it was 30 minutes. Definitely listen if you haven't. It's super informative. So on Saturday, the Times of London come out with this report that Meghan has signed an agreement in which she was going to be a voiceover for Disney um, in return Oh my God, this is so crazy. In return for Disney donating to the charity Elephants Without Borders. So no one has commented or confirmed this yet. Right. So we don't, we, that report comes out and we hear nothing. We hear nothing from the Royals. We hear nothing from Disney. And we're kind of all like, could this be true? Like, is this happening? So after this is reported, a video surfaces of Harry, Meghan, Beyonce and Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney. And they were at the Lion King premiere in July of last year. You guys remember these pictures. It was like- July of this year. No. Ju- July- oh, two, well, no, it was 2019. We're in 2020. Well, it's the, it's, but the July of 2020 hasn't happened yet. I mean- Is I, it last year? Is that weird that it was last year? I mean, <laughs> that was such a weird moment for me. Like, you know, when you fuck up the you, date. You like, really thought I was wrong. I, was like, I really thought it was like December right now. I was like, it's this year. No, no, no. Yeah, I guess like very soon, whatever. Anyway, and in the video, you see Harry saying to Bob Iger, the CEO of Disney, saying, looking at Megan and going, you know, she can do voiceovers. And Bob kind of replies that he didn't know. And Harry's like, you seem surprised, but yeah, she's really interested. This is all happening while Megan is talking to Beyonce and Jay-Z. So when this report comes out and then we see that video, we're like, wait a fucking second. Even without that report, to me, that video is the craziest thing in the entire world. You have the prince, his wife, Megan, talking to the CEO of Disney. Well, the, the prince talking to the CEO of Disney while his wife is talking to Beyonce and Jay-Z. That seems like a, that seems fake. No, it I, How is that a real circumstance? No, Julie, there's so many. Th- okay, I wanted to. Okay, first off, it's really important that you watch this video. Just Google it because if you haven't watched it, you need to to understand what we're talking about. But either way, 
What was so crazy is that like, how many times does stuff like this come out and we never get to see the root of it? Whereas this to me seemed like really the first time that they mentioned anything about Megan having any involvement to Disney. Like this was Harry planting the seed. Was it not? It was so, yes. And I meanwhile, know. It's meanwhile, so interesting. Meanwhile, like the two things is like, like Harry's over here talking about Megan while Megan's like making small talk with Beyonce having to like, you know, she recognizes that her husband's like trying to get her a job at Disney over here. Like, you know what I mean? It was so, it was like, it was like you had a video of the moment of conception. That's so weird. I can't believe that happened. It's so weird. I can't believe Jay-Z and Beyonce were there for that. I can't believe that occurred at the premiere. I can't believe 2019 was last year already. I know. There's so many things. Anyway, also, Harry is due to discuss today. this whole decision. Yeah, today. He's apparently with a queen, Prince Charles, and Prince William. Meghan is not going to be present, apparently. I think um, she's in Canada with Archie. So we hear. Yeah. I am. You know something, Julie? I got to be honest with you. I was never that as invested as most people are with the royals. Like, I was always really interested, but I, ne- I didn't keep up as much. This last week, what happened made me—it it flipped a switch for me. Well, of course. It's the craziest thing that's ever happened. And also, what's so interesting about the situation is that we're all looking at it from a—being a, Americans and, and whatever. We're all looking at it from a pop culture lens. We're like, wow, here is this prince, and here is this actress, and she's beautiful, and they're such a great couple, and they're doing this crazy thing, and they're whatever. But what people fail to recognize is that, yeah, there's the pop culture lens of it all— but there's also the country pride of it all and, and the protectiveness over the royal family. And those two, the intersection of those things is, it's insane. It's insane. And also, like Elizabeth said, it's unprecedented. Like Completely. There, it's, I always find it really interesting when someone is doing something that there's no mold to follow. They're they're going rogue. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, they really are, are creating this path. And I cannot wait. And I promise we'll keep you guys updated because holy shit. Also, by the way, this was really interesting. After we had Elizabeth on, I started to watch her Instagram stories like a lot more. And she, you know how, what she does? Like she comments on the fashions because she she always has to like, you can find out so much about them based on their fashion. The queen was spotted for the first time since the, the announcement was made wearing beige, which I didn't realize was a big deal, but apparently is a huge deal. It was, I'll show you the story. If you guys look, I think it's probably still up. It's at E-H-O-L-M-E-S. She was like, she basically said, everything that the queen wears is so meticulous and so well thought out. And she was wearing basically an ensemble that was eerily similar to one of Meghan's most recent ensembles. And in it, it showed like a quote where she said, why would I wear beige? Like if they know, if I wear beige, they won't know who I am. The queen said that? Yeah, like the queen never wears beige and she was wearing it, which was a huge deal because it was like mirroring one of Meghan's most recent. It was like a sign of solidarity? I don't, no, no, no. I don't know what it was. And also she was not, she was looking directly at the camera in the backseat of the car. And it was either like she put the headlight in the car on or they had the flash. Like it was a very, she wanted to be photographed. She wanted to be seen. It was like very intentional. Very interesting. And I was so... Oh my God, I was so interested in it. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay, moving on to this whole, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but this whole Haley, Selena, Madison beer thing, it was kind of bizarre, but I want to explain it to you just because I think it goes to show how like outlandish some of these fandoms can be, right? Oh my God, it's fucking ridiculous. Okay, so 
Last week, Haley and Selena were having dinner at Craig's, both of them. No, like over the weekend. Yeah. It just happened. Oh, it just yeah. happened. Yeah. Just I, happened. Thought, I thought it was Friday, but Was okay. it last night or was it Saturday night? Saturday night. Was it Saturday night? Mm-hmm. So, and Julie writes, because Julie writes, Haley Baldwin and Selena Gomez coincidentally ate at the same restaurant, Craig's. Also like, it's Craig's. It'd be weird if they weren't there at the same time on a Sunday night. That's like saying, I can't believe my rabbi and the boy gave an over-the-pants handjob to ran into each other at my vomit's <laughs> But I digress. <laughs> that's hilarious. Like, it's Craig's. Are you, you can't make up. First of all, that's how I know someone from LA didn't break this story. Because no one breaks a story about two people being at Craig's at the same time. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Do you know how many times that Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, and Jennifer Aniston were probably at Craig's at the same yeah, time? Yeah, and no one spoke about it. So Haley was out to dinner with Madison Beer, who, as you guys know, is mutual friends with both Selena and Haley. And when people found out about it, Selena Gomez fans, like, flooded Madison's comment section. It was a, her most recent Instagram is a picture of her in, like, the recording studio. And it's literally from November. Yeah, and everybody's commenting the snake emoji saying, like, you know, disgusting, such a betrayal. And Madison commented back and said, these rumors are getting insane. I just had dinner with my friend Haley of 10 years, and that's it. How is that a crime? I love Selena, always have, as you as you guys all know. And I would literally never in a million years try to upset her. That is just mean and unnecessary. Nothing happened. It was just a coincidence. You're bullying me for no reason. Selena then commented and said, um, this is disgusting reading all of this. This wasn't intentional whatsoever. I'm so disappointed that people would speak to someone like this. I've known Madison since she was a baby and watched her continue to become the woman she is. There is no issue. Like, guys, not you guys, but like, grow the fuck up. It's so weird to me the way people do this. It's not even like she Instagrammed a picture with Haley. It was like they went out of their way to go to her most recent Instagram, which was from November, on a random picture of her in the studio to comment all of these things. And it's like people, first of all, I, Madison Beer and Haley have been friends for years also. Also, Justin is like kind of the reason that Madison got her start. Of course they're going to be friends. There's so much to it. It's so weird the way that people feel so protective, but I love that Selena shot it down. Selena's very good about that because she has fans that are kind of on the, like, overbearing thing. And this happens a lot, I think. And I think specifically with Haley, it happens. And I don't know if it's always, like, I don't know if we were to say a bad word about Selena that people would come and attack us. I don't know if the fandom, but they're very protective over the Haley situation. And I love that Selena is the first one to come, not with a publicist, not with a, like, cryptic story, like, go straight to the source and be like, stop this. Totally. Because you have to shut it down. You, ha- I, I always say this. If your fans are doing something on behalf of you, then you have a responsibility to do something about it. Uh, and also, she's so big on the whole, like, women supporting women thing, not tearing each other down. So it would be, it would really, I think it would really um, make her lose a lot of legitimacy if she didn't do that. You know what I mean? People would take her less seriously in other aspects of her life. Like, how are you going to practice, preach what you don't practice? I don't get what fans are fighting for. You know what I mean? Like, here's the thing. If Selena was so uncomfortable by seeing Haley and Madison Beer together that she couldn't believe they were together, you think Selena would have stayed at Craig's? Exactly. No, she would have left and gone somewhere else. Exactly. It's almost like, what what are you fighting for? I know what it is, Julie. Can I tell you what I think it is? What's What bothers me so much about it is that in an effort to protect their person, like while these people are trying to protect their celebrity, I think it's actually doing them a major disservice because it gives them such little credit. It's like, is that how little you think, is that how little control you think Selena has over herself that she's not able to sit there or that if she wasn't, she wouldn't have gotten up? It's like, yeah, give these I people a little know. more credit than like, to think they'd be so easily triggered. 
Also, people fail, and this is something we talk about a lot, people fail to recognize how connected Hollywood is. And it's basically impossible if somebody has like really bad beef with somebody or supposed beef or anything to avoid that other person altogether. Exactly. Like there are just too many instances. And obviously it's not always the case that it's going to be a one-on-one dinner and you have to be friends with both of those people, but it does happen very often. But even in general, I think that fans would have been upset if they were at the same party together seen hanging out. Like, exactly. They would have. It, it, it's just like, it is impossible to avoid those scenarios, nor should you have to. Hollywood's too connected. Relationships are too important especially being young in Hollywood. Like when you are young in Hollywood and you're growing up and you can find people that you relate to, for example, a Madison Beer relating to Haley Bieber going, having gone through the same things, being in the spotlight at such a young age, those are important relationships to have and hold on to. It's really detrimental to not be able to have those things when you're this young in Hollywood. Yeah, and to make it, that's what we always say, to make it feel like you have to choose. Right. People are so unwilling to allow celebrities to not have to choose. Right. It's kind of like they, I, they really take the, the enemy of my friend as my enemy exactly. too, too far. And it's just not the case. I came to the realization recently that I was just like desperately in need of a closet clean out. Because, you know, when you're getting ready and you just can't find anything, you have so many things that you don't even wear that you can't find the stuff that you do wear. And it's just like a chaotic and unenjoyable process. That was me. I'm still, to be honest with you, in the process of cleaning out. But One of the biggest game changers for me in this process has been finding just like high quality essentials that I can mix and match with anything so that I can have less things, but the things that I have, I can wear with a lot. And I've told you guys about them before, but I think that Quince is one of the best at this in terms of just finding the high quality affordable pieces. And they have a lot of really great sweaters. I love their Mongolian cashmere oversized boyfriend cardigans. I just find them to be so comfortable. I have them in a bunch of colors. They also have washable silk tops, which are amazing, like really easy, comfortable, high quality throw-ons that you can wear for so many different occasions. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So the way that it works is by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes that savings onto us, which is kind of like best case scenario for all involved. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Moving on to Zayn and Gigi. I'm sure you're probably sick of this because of the back and forth, but I feel like we have to report on it anyway. They are apparently back together. As you guys know, they most recently broke up in January, 2019, I think. It's honestly really hard to follow. What happened was a couple of months ago, I don't know if you guys remember this, fans speculated that they were back together because Gigi tagged Zayn's mom in an Instagram and it was split. Some people were like, oh my God, that's such a sign. And other people were like, no, she's just still friends with her ex-boyfriend's mom. There's nothing weird about it. Apparently though, they're back together. They were seen together um, celebrating his 27th birthday in New York City. It was with Bella, Yolanda, Anwar, and Dua Lipa. I, I, have no, I have no other news to report. Were you surprised that Isabel was so surprised by this? Yeah. It was she like was. so off brand for her. Yeah. I, wait, what, what do you think it was? Do you think she just like forgot how back and forth it is? No, she was like, I really expected this was going to be the last time. I was like, oh, there's why? no way. Why? I feel, they will get back and break up until the day we die. I feel like Gigi can't quit him. Like there's just something about yeah. him that she's drawn to. It's almost electric or magnetic. And, and obviously he can't quit her. No, well, of course but, not. 
I mean, but that's just goes without saying. Goddamn given. You know what I mean? But I feel like he's maybe potentially less. Now, I don't want to say less desirable, but like, it seems at least that he is. I'm trying to think how I want to phrase this. Like, it would make more sense for him to obviously be into her totally, but he seems to be a little more difficult at times. So I don't know. She must. There's something. That I don't she, know what the dynamic is, but so I, mean, I will it, never. I will never be surprised or shocked when they break up and get back together continually. I expect this to be a very common trend for, no, for me a neither. while. I really like her, but it's not, I don't, like, I, I'm not invested in this couple. Is that bad to say? No, I mean, it's hard to be invested in something that's so. Yeah, but even when they were fully together, like, it just never did it for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I don't agree. know what it is. No, I agree. I, I feel like, I don't know, I just don't She's happy. She's happy, I'm happy. Okay, this was the best thing ever. <laughs> this was the best thing ever. So, as you guys know, Justin Bieber has been really almost like shamelessly trying to get his song Yummy to number one, which I don't even want to get into because I feel like he just a really quick lapse in judgment and posted this thing on his Instagram of literally a slide by slide of how to get Yummy to number one, like on Spotify, on iTunes. And it was like, oh my God, you have to stop. Like you are, you are better than this. Like you don't need to be doing, giving your fans a one-on-one, like a step-by-step tutorial. Let it happen naturally or your next one will be, whatever. Anyway, he finally recognized the power and the magnitude of David Dobrik and of YouTube, teamed up with David, which is kind of what we want all celebrities to be doing, right? right? And he did something that Dave, that David does a lot. It's the same thing he did with Kylie, where he has Justin in the backseat of his Tesla, and he brings in fans and sits in the front seat. They have no idea he's there. And they're like, yeah, he's asking them, like, so what do you think about Justin Bieber? And it's mostly these girls going crazy, like, oh my God, I love him. I just got in a fight with someone, defending him, whatever. They're like, oh, well, you're gonna have to tell him to himself. And Justin gets out of the backseat and they're like, what the fuck? And it is so like satisfying to it's watch. It's amazing. It's so good. It was, it was, it's just, it's, first of all, it's like the perfect way to surprise somebody to have them in the backseat and you don't even realize. But I always wonder about like the process of David Dobrik being like, come get in my car. Yeah, yeah. like, how, what does he set it up as? Yeah, like, I want to ask you, who comes in the front seat? Because these Tesla? people are actually surprised. Yeah, except for that one guy that's, like, he's sitting in the front seat, and Justin and, and David says to him, like, what do you think of Justin Bieber? And he goes, there's no fucking way he's behind me. And David's like, how'd you know? And he goes, because you're David fucking Dobrik. There's no way he wasn't going to be behind me when you yeah, asked that question. Yeah, that was so funny. And then there was one, and, and he's like, so what would you? What, what do you think about Justin? And the girl's like, I love him, but I got to be honest. Like, oh, the guy, yeah. yeah he, or the guy, he was like, yummy, it just it, it ain't it. He's like, it's just, and then Justin's like, what the fuck do you mean? He's like, I'm just kidding, I fucking love it. It, just, like, it was so good. I, I was happy they kept that part in. It was like a lot of self-awareness. Yes, you're so right. Yeah, it like made it, it made it actually more natural for me. What I was talking about was, I think that you could tell, or at least I felt that I could, that like Justin did this as like a yummy promo, which there's nothing wrong with. It'd be like somebody coming on the podcast pr- like yeah. to promote something, whatever. Or like going on a show for or whatever. But you could tell that it wasn't like this natural thing where Justin was like obsessed with the vlogs and wanted to come on and do it this yeah, way, which yeah, is like yeah. fine. That's like pretty unexpected. But what I will say is that I think that if Justin sat down and watched the vlogs, he of all people would love them. That is so his humor. Everything that he does, the pranks, the boy humor, all of that stuff, he would be so into it. He'd be so on board. Don't you think that if, like, everybody in Hollywood, everyone who watches David Dobrik, the one, the ideal target, like, when David made videos, he was and they like, were like, what is your ideal audience? It was, like, 
Justin Bieber. Exactly. Anybody yes. who appreciates that kind of humor and has that kind of humor, Justin Bieber. I mean, and for us, it was a fucking crossover of the century. Yeah. Oh, please. I could watch you, that boy. No, but listen to me. If you are listening to this podcast, if you trust us in our opinions and you still have not gone into David Dobrik, and by gotten into it, I mean given it a real, like the old college try, a real chance, you are doing yourself a disservice. We get inboxes from, I am not joking, 60-year-old women saying, my kids have been talking about this forever. I never gave it a chance. I finally watched. I'm addicted. I'm telling you guys, it is so entertaining. True or false, Julie? True as fuck. Yep. Okay, let's move on to Grey's Anatomy. I know you were really upset about this one. I'm obviously heartbroken. So Justin Chambers, who was an original cast member of Grey's and has been on for 16 seasons, announced that he is leaving. Um, you know, he's 49 years old, which— did you know that's how old he was? Um, obviously, no. I had, is, oh, my God, I had no idea. First of all, he looks amazing. Second of all, the the thing that happened is that this report breaks, right? And it's like, oh, okay, now everyone's like, great. Now they're going to kill him off, like another character that's going to be the most heartbreaking episode. Right. I'm not prepared for that, blah, 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 blah. And then you're reading the article, and it's like his final episode has already aired, which means it's just they're going to have to deal with it after the fact. Like he recorded the season finale. He was in it. We see how it ends. And that's his last episode. What? Yeah. Well, that's why. So, okay, so after the first report comes out, then page six reported that he was also seeking treatment for stress, depression, and life coaching. So I obviously don't know the details of what happened there, but clearly it was something. Yeah, there was clearly, I, I think that it's part of maybe he's ready to move on and maybe he's focusing on himself and getting healthy and all of these things. But as a Grey's Anatomy fan, it was so shocking because you have to remember there's, the show has been on for 16 seasons and there's such an attachment to the show. And for an original cast member who there's so few of left and the only original one from like that intern team, obviously, it, it's just like heartbreaking. That was like, when you're really invested in a show like Grey's Anatomy, those friendships of like cast versus like actual, like who's on the show and who their friends in real life versus not like that's it's so blurred. Yeah. And Ellen Pompeo and Justin Chambers are such good friends in real life. And she has spoken about so many times about them being the original interns together still on the show and growing up with each other and whatever. That it's just like, how is this? Oh, it's like another one where you're like, how is this gonna be the same? She she retweeted, I think, Vanity Fair's article and was like yeah. so heartbroken by it. It was like Vanity Fair, somebody tweeted something like Grey's Anatomy is well, getting ready for its it's like biggest heartbreak yet. And she tweeted like something about it being true. And I was like, why don't you rip my fucking heart out? It's one of those things. It's like, you want to be supportive of your friend slash, you know, co-star. Obviously he's going through something, but also oh, that's a huge loss. Yeah. It's you. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny because I had taken like a hiatus from Grey's Anatomy. Like I was so into it. I watched whatever. And then I, kind of fell off of it. And then I recently got back into it and caught completely back up. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm so happy I caught up in time for the season. Like, this is amazing, whatever. Like, fell back in love with Karev. And then they're like, fucking throw this at me. Yeah. I wouldn't have caught up. I mean, I would have, but you like, would've. I would have known it with the lens of. Yeah. So for anybody that was upset by that, Julie and Isabel were also heartbroken. So no, you were not alone in that. Yeah, no. Okay, we're, we wanted to end the regular section with this because I know that not everybody cares, which is why we wanted to put it towards the end. But for those of you that do, this Jeffree Star Nate breakup rocked my fucking world. You know how I feel about you, about like moving on to this? How? I'm glad you brought it up because I've been meaning to talk about this for a hot <laughs> fucking second. <laughs> we should do that. We should make a TikTok about that. Um, 
Okay, so let me just give you a, a, a second of background just to catch everybody up to speed. So last week, reports begin to surface that Jeffrey and Nate have broken up. The reason people were thinking that was number one, because Jeffrey went silent on social media, and number which two, he never does. which he never does, and number two, because he removed wife of Nate, Nate, wife of Nathan out of all of his bios. So. People are thinking a couple of things. They're like, number one, we know Jeffrey's mom has been really sick, so it could totally be something in regards to that. We know they've had some family health issues. They could just be dealing with that. But taking Nathan's name out of his bio, that was when people were like, okay, something's not right here. Also, Nathan had deleted his social media, but he did that way before. So it wasn't like that was a direct thing. But a lot of people were trying to say, he deleted it. It's a dead sign, but that wasn't because he had something a while back. How long ago he deleted it? A couple months, not that okay. long. I know that because I listened to Jeffrey's podcast episode with Trisha, which that was a ride. Like I if you listened to it if yet. you really have an hour where you're like, I just want to go into another world right now. I don't want to necessarily learn anything. I don't want to be intellectually stimulated. I just want to be thoroughly entertained and shocked. That is the podcast for you. I had my mouth open the entire time. I listened I'm sure. on the elliptical. It was a ride because they both have no filter. Right. Oh my god. Anyway. Also, they both live in such a world that is so— Well, and it's like outer space. You can't even imagine what it's like to be either of them for a day. Wait, the other thing I didn't tell you is that Trisha, in addition in addition to—because, you know, she had a lot of—she um, she was very confused about her sexuality and her identity and all these things. She also is very attracted to gay men. Like, she always thinks, like, I think I want to, like, be with a gay man. So Jeffrey is telling her about all of him and Nate's sexual endeavors, and she's getting so turned on from listening. And it was just listening to the, the dynamic because she I have again, to you have to I listen. Know. She's like, "Oh my god, like you have a video of, like of, of you doing it." And he's like, she's like, "Oh my god, I'm like, uh, I'm getting so turned on thinking about it." And I'm just like, "This is the best thing ever." Like, I, know, I have to, I have to, yeah, yeah, I have to listen. Anyway, so nobody knows what's going on and then he releases a video a couple of days ago and it's entitled we broke up and it's just him sitting alone in his bed it's a 17 minute video i watched it literally the second it came out and he really didn't give i want to say it was a little anticlimactic it definitely could have been a 3 minute video yeah because i think that we were all looking for like quote t because that's what he's known for but he started by saying that's not what this is about you know we were really in love and a couple of things. He's like, we've had both had a lot going on. We haven't had a time to stop and think. And once we took time to stop and think, we realized like this just wasn't working. He said, Nathan never wanted to be famous. He never wanted to be in the spotlight, but he did it kind of for me. And he's like, you know, we were not in love anymore. And that was it. He's like, we're still good friends. He came over, he saw the dogs. We both have other things in our life. Like it was a really hard year. And that was it. He didn't give, he didn't say anything about other people. He didn't say that he did anything. I think the reason also that people were expecting so much more from the video is not even just that Jeffrey's known for tea. It was just that, like, this was the couple. Like, there was never—that was the couple. Like, if you're into the YouTube world or you know Jeffree Star or you care at all, it's like, that was the safe couple. Like, of all of the—everything, like, Jeffrey and Nate. Yeah, and for a lot of reasons. Like, okay, I—let me just talk about this for a minute, and then I promise you I'll move on. I don't want—I feel like— People may think if you're hearing this for the first time, like, oh, you really are invested in this YouTube couple. Like, this is not a Tana and Jake. You have to understand that when they first met, Jeffrey was not what he is now. It's not like he was this billionaire at the time. He had nothing. They just fell in love. Nate had never been with a man previously. He didn't even think that he was into guys. And then he met Jeffrey, and it was like a soul connection. And they 
Jeffrey rose with him and they were together through all of it. It wasn't like Nate just got on the bandwagon last minute once Jeffrey became wealthy. Like all of those hard times that they endured, they did together. And I I don't know, you know, they were also so open in talking about like their sexuality and in the sense that like, yeah, when we're on vacation, we have threesomes, we have orgies. Like they were, it, it seemed like it worked because they allowed each other to have sexual freedom within these constraints of the relationship that they made up. And they just seem to have such a healthy relationship. And I still think, even in this video, it was evident the respect that they have for each other. Yes. But I guess it's possible, because, you know, of course people are going to speculate, like, what actually happened. And I don't know. But I do think it's possible that the fame aspect was really a deal breaker. I'm not saying that's the cause, because I don't know if I believe that. But I am saying it could add a lot of pressure, because when you're someone— it's one thing to be dating a celebrity. Like, it's one thing if you don't want to be famous and you're dating, like, Vanessa Hutchins. Like, okay— to be dating Jeffrey Star, who lives every single aspect of his life on the internet, is not easy for someone. And like also, Nate. by the way, it's not like you can go out and like you can go out and Jeffrey can wear a disguise. Exactly. Like there, you cannot walk out with Jeffrey without being recognized. There's, it's physically impossible. No, he's tattooed every inch of his body. He is. So I mean, you'll unique. Never, you'll never find somebody more distinct looking than Jeffree Star. Yeah, it's you know when Jeffrey Star walks. There's never a time where you're going to be walking down the street like. Did I just see is Jeffrey Star? Yeah. Like, you, you fucking know. Exactly, you know. The I, other thing that was confusing is in the video, he's like, talks about how it's been a couple of weeks since they they released the house tour video last week, one single week ago. I know, and in the video, he said, he was like, you know, people could tell in the house tour that something was a little off. So what I'm guessing is that it was, they probably filmed it a little bit before. Like, I think that, he, I don't think he was lying about the time frame. No, I just don't get why they even posted it. That I mean, was my thing. Just I don't wait know. until two weeks later. Like, I can wait. Honestly, you didn't even show me what furniture in. I know. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, like, I would have been okay. It was It was wild. I There was one line in it that I thought was really powerful when he said, Nathan was the only man that was confident enough with himself to love me. Yeah. And I thought that that was really brave because well, yeah. Jeffrey talks a lot about how, you know, there are men all the time that kind of are interested in him but are so ashamed of it and won't be public about it. And he was like, Nathan— loved me unconditionally and didn't care what that looked like. And I, I don't know. I, I was really sad. Me too. I, I, just, like I was, No, I, I was just, this was one of those stories that I found that even people who didn't care about them. And like, I'm not the biggest Jeffree Star fan. I don't watch any of his other videos unless it's like somebody that he's doing a video with somebody I like, or it was a really specific one. Like I didn't watch the Shane Dawson series, but first, but I think that people just, know Jeffrey and Nate and know them as being such a prominent couple that when they broke up, even people who didn't care was like, wait, what the fuck? Like I had so many people who I, I wouldn't even have thought that they knew who Jeffrey Star was texting me like, wait, what the fuck happened? Yeah, it was, it was a big deal. It really was. I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like 
cue to unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and pillow talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatchery store and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. Okay, do you feel comfortable moving on to the awards? Definitely. I think I think I feel good with, I feel like we covered all of the topics. We well. did. Listen, next week we'll get more into the Oscar stuff. Like we just came off of Golden Globes. Let's give it a second to breathe. Yeah, you know what I mean? Let's, let's do I also genuinely, I'm really excited for people to hear this Kristen Cavallari thing. Yeah, oh my God, same. In the beginning, we talked about her new show, but we also went getting nostalgic. Listen to me. When Kristen Cavallari is sitting across from me and she said, Justin Bobby, Julie and I thought we were going to lose it. That was our, you know, childhood selves, like, dream. And I also, I always say this to you, I have such an appreciation for people who can not only, like, remember where they got their start, but are still comfortable talking about it and don't care and know that people love it. And that was part of the reason that they still like them and still on this journey with them. And I always get really annoyed when people are like, well, don't bring up this one show that made me iconic because I don't want to talk about it. I'm sick of talking about it. Where it's like, do you forget how you got here? Exactly. And I felt like with Kristen, she was so willing to open up and talk about it and remember it so fondly and so much fun she had during it and knowing that like, like she says it, she was like, it changed the entire course of my life. I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't have that show. And all of these doors and all these opportunities I had that were open for me, I wouldn't have without that show. And I just respected that so much. And I loved being able to talk about it with her. I so agree with you. So no nominees for best clapback of the week, which I mean, I, I personally don't care about like, we always say we don't want to push it. Like if there's not a clapback, we're not going to make something into a clapback. Fine. No one was mean this week. But for funniest, two nominees. Rita Ora posts this picture where I don't know if we've talked about this. I think she is so sexy. She is. Like I find her to be her body, her presence. I don't know what it is. I just like am very into her. I so agree. And she posts this picture of herself looking just insane. And Diplo comments, I'd let you run over me with a car even though you don't have a driver's license. <laughs> So good. And then our winner goes to The Rock. So I'll explain what happened in a second, but just to give anybody background, I'm sure you guys saw the headlines and we posted some stuff about Gwyneth Paltrow and this goop vagina scented candle. Basically what happened was they were looking, Gwyneth was looking to create this new fragrance. And as she's smelling them with this guy, um, Douglas Little, she smells one and she's like, this smells like a vagina. And it started off as a joke, but it ended up they ended up turning that scent into a candle and like into one that smelled really, really good. And they named the candle like, this smells, smells like, like vagina. vagina. So of course people go crazy with that one because they would anyway, but anything goop is just like- Also, it's it's just, there's nothing more classic than owning a candle that's supposed to smell like one of Paltrow's vagina. Yeah. Regardless of whether it actually does. Just like, first of all, that candle, when they had it at, at the goop summit or whatever they had sold out in like, a minute. It was it was the hottest item. Obviously, if you want, if you care about goop or you think it's funny or you're tuned into pop culture at all, there is nothing funnier than on your coffee table a candle from goop that says, This smells like my vagina. The fact that we didn't order it and they're sold out now. I tried, obviously, they're sold out. We're obviously I'm go. getting it as soon as it's up. That's iconic. So 
Adam Ray Comedy posts the headline, and it's the headline says, Gwyneth Paltrow selling $75 candle that smells like my vagina, and he makes his caption, it was only a matter of time until normal scented candles would be out of style. Your move, Yankee Candle. Time to get the rock to sell candles that smell like his balls. Price is right, $1 her, and sell them for $74. And he comments, the rock comments, brother, I tried to make those candles, but I kept burning my balls, so I moved on to shampoo, hashtag scent of sack. I'm sorry, that's hilarious. And then... I know. Fucking Gwyneth comments, and she's like, this is hilarious. On our post. On our post. Okay, think about how meta this is for a second. We post a picture of someone making the headline about Gwyneth and then The Rock's comment about that. Gwyneth then comments on the fucking headline about her candle and The Rock's comment on our post. Like, that is meta to a next level. It's honestly a little overwhelming. Yeah, I just love when that happens. There are a few things I love more when that happens. I so agree. Okay, do you feel comfortable moving on to the Kardashian recap? Yes, because... The dream. The dream. It's insane. It's really intense. So... I would say the biggest thing that happened in Kardashian news this week is the custody dispute over Dream. Basically, Rob wants joint custody taken away from Black China, and he wants primary custody. He wants her parenting time to be reduced to just weekends with a nanny present. And he kind of basically came out and said, she's not fit to be this, this you know, my daughter's sole like, guardian. This is insane. And Courtney, I mean, Chloe came out and kind of stood by Rob, fully defended his claims. Well, it's all of these court documents that are coming out, and all of the claims were listed in the document, and Chloe's listed as like her testimony is also being taken into account. He said, first off, he said that she regularly parties hard in the house when Dream is there, that she invites strangers over, that she's drunk all the time. I'm just reading you what the claims are, saying um, that a former employee of hers alleges that she spends $600 on alcohol almost daily. They said that she is, you know, snorting cocaine in the house when Dream is present, making violent threats to people in her home, getting physical. I, I don't know. Apparently there was one where she hurled a, like a sharp object at her hairdresser. What else did he say? That that one of the biggest ones was also that um, Rob was saying that when Dream comes over, she has started like acting out different like sexual positions or different like inappropriate dances that she learned from her mom that she was like catching on from seeing her doing it. And also um, there was an incident, I guess, where Dream got into like a fight with somebody and I guess she's getting a little bit more or supposedly getting a little bit more violent as a, repul- as a result of watching Black China's actions. Um, and Chloe also, you know, in this document and in these reports are claiming that she's witnessed this, you know, kind of change in personality in Dream also. And that when Dream comes over, she's more aggressive. She's saying curse words that she knows that Rob wouldn't have said in front of her. And Rob knows that he didn't say in front of her. And also saying that there's on multiple occasions where Dream will cry that she doesn't want to go back home. It sounds intense. Do you know the first thing I thought of? What? I wonder if we're going to say the same thing. Kendall saying that it made more sense now that Kendall said Rob was the best parent on yeah. Harry on James Corden with Harry Styles. I agree. Right? Well, I, I don't know if that— If it was strategic is what I'm saying. If it was as strategic, but I think that when the other siblings— like regardless of whether it's strategic in, in terms of court and in terms of documents and in terms of what's being— when you have a child that there's a custody dispute over, like it seems like the other siblings have their— you know, schedules and their co-parenting running really smoothly and there's not a lot of debates. Like, you don't hear, like, Tristan Thompson suing Chloe for more time with True. Like, it seems like they have it all figured out. Rob is the only one 
where there's a custody dispute and it's being mitigated by lawyers and all of these things and in the court. So I think that Kendall is really conscious of making sure to say that just because he's the one where it really comes down to it has to, he has, they have to know that he's a fit parent and, and you know, it has to be the public perception. The other ones, if the public perception isn't that you're the best parent, it, it almost doesn't matter. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's like really hard because obviously we don't know these people, right? Like technically I do not know Black China, but what I do know is watching the way that her and her mom interact right. makes me feel like this is 0% surprising because clearly that's what she was raised with, that level of aggression. And she's talked about it. It's not like I'm speculating. And if you've ever seen any of her fights with her mom in that house, it's very, it yeah. is very scary. And I don't know. I, I don't know if Dream was there for those. Like I really don't remember, but they were intense. And so that's the behavior that she observed as a young child. And that's what she's now modeled. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money you have or other circumstances, like those things I think that are still in her, the way that her, yeah. her mom acted. And like, I don't know. It's just upsetting to me that that's a thing. Dream is so cute. Yeah, I mean, no child deserves to be. My question, but, though, is what's— Did this ever happen with Tyga? Like, did he ever have any custody disputes with her over King? I, I don't know. I, I, um, I would be shocked if there wasn't some sort of legal custody agreement and there wasn't—it wasn't ever evolving and ever changing. But I can't, off the top of my head, remember if there were incidents listed. But— I would imagine if there was that he would have to talk about that in terms of Dream's custody. I'm sure that if there are issues that Rob and Chloe would want Tyga to touch upon what it's like to co-parent as well or what it's like to have another child with her. The other thing, though, is that comparatively speaking between Rob and Tyga, Tyga is, like, I think you can say this objectively, significantly busier. Yeah. And— he probably doesn't have, like, Rob really has the time right now to be a full-time parent, whereas I don't think Tyga does, like, because of his career. Like, I don't think that that, right. and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, no, you know no, what I mean? Like, yeah. he, so I'm, I wonder how that made its play. I don't know. Well, I'm sure it's also unsettling for Tyga to know that you have this career that you're keeping up with and all of these things, and now you're hearing reports of the mother of your child also, obviously, with a different child, and I'm sure that's unsettling. The thing is, like, she loves her kids. I think all every mother loves her children. I think that she got really caught up in this world of fame and and money and the, like the dark side of it in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's really hard to speculate what causes a parent to act in a in a certain way or whatever. Like, it, it's it's so complex and so complicated. But what I will say about this is that. These are really intense claims, and I don't—I I can never imagine a scenario in which these claims are baseless because it's too—there's there, it, so much behavior that would be consistent with, all, with it, and uh, court documents. Like, this isn't just publicity. This isn't Rob tweeting, like, Black China did all these things. I want custody. Like, this is—these are court documents that are being leaked. Oh. So let me tell you something. All you need is to watch— on Zeus Network, you know damn well I paid however much it was a month to watch it. Tokyo Tony, who's Black China's mom, did a show a la Brett Michaels or Flava Flav. I forget exactly the name of it. And it was like a dating show. Don't you compare. No, no. I'm just saying that's that was the theme. I'm just saying. compare. If you watch the way that she interacts and the way in her and China interact, this is 0% surprising. Yeah. I don't know. I hope they figure it out. No child should have to be 
Of course, I want, of course. Okay, next, moving on, is Kim posted this Instagram yesterday of her necklace. And the caption is, if you look closely at my necklace, you can see it's from a text Kanye sent me. He took an amazing vintage Cartier gold plaque necklace and had it sketched out. He's always the most thoughtful when it comes to gifts. And it's a screenshot of a text that he sent her with a picture of their home and then... This your life, married with four kids, get people out of jail, cover a vote, go to church every week with your family, dreams come true. I obviously cried. I love that. That is such a beautiful gift. He is so fucking good at gifts. He's so good at gifts. Also, so obviously these fires in Australia are just tragic. And a lot of celebrities have been, you know, showing their support, some outwardly, some more privately. So... Kylie got in a little bit of hot water because she posted something about the koalas and the wildfires, a couple of slides, and then immediately after, a pair of her fur slippers. And people felt that that was like very insensitive just in terms of the sequence. So then the report came out immediately after that she donated a million dollars to Australia and to the relief. And I don't know, I think the reports came out before she said it, right? Yeah. Like once she talked about it on her story, it was already out. Right. It came out, yeah. Definitely. But I, you know what's so crazy? Like, what? Okay. I think, I believe truly that she was going to donate anyway. Like, I really do. Okay? Yeah, I'm sure they've but all But imagine donated, getting yeah. a little bit of bad PR and being like, oh, no problem. Let me just throw, let me just throw a million dollars on this to, to shut them up. Yeah. It's like a judge. Less a Jeff Bezos should learn a little more. Like, holy fuck. Jeff Bezos, you should be throwing out a million dollars every time you have bad PR. And that's when things will equate for me. Insanity. Yeah. I, it, it is really, it's a, it's, I, I was also thinking about it in terms of the slippers where it's like, imagine that your normal everyday footwear for lounging around your house is a pair of mink Louis Vuitton slippers. And it's so normal for you that you don't think twice about the fact that it's fur. And it's like, like, it would just be posting in a robe. It would be posting in slippers, whatever. It's your loungewear. And then there's a whole other layer to it because you don't think about the fact that that's what's on your feet. And the third layer to that is imagine being famous or powerful or impactful enough that a picture of your slippers makes you have to donate a million dollars. And again, not makes you, because I think she would have done it anyway. Be like, what the fuck? Yeah, there's the a Kardashians lot of layers. The Kardashians are so powerful. A lot of layers. Wait, I don't, I don't, we didn't talk about this. Um, Kris Jenner was at some summit for this Armenian doctor, this plastic surgeon, I forget her name. And she, I watched like a clip of the speech on someone's story and she was like, listen, you don't want to do anything immoral or illegal or, you know, whatever. She's like, you just want to get as close to you can as possible. And then she's like, why did I just say that? It is so- I didn't see that. I I can't believe you didn't send it to me. Hold on, hold on. While while we're here, let me just find it for you guys. The name of the, the name of the woman. It was so fucking good. Uh, that is so funny. Uh, okay, I lost it. I'll find. I'll put You'll it on find Patreon. You'll find it. We'll put it on Patreon. Yeah. We'll have his. We'll put it on Patreon. Yeah, exactly. We'll have it as well. It was. It was really funny. Good club. Okay. You know what I want to talk about next? North on TikTok. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Tell them about the moment we found out. Okay. Oh my god, I'm like reliving it. Like I'm having a flashback. A Kardashian fan account had posted of TikTok of North with her friend who is the rapper Consequence's son. And they've been like, they've been seen together. They've been rumored to be dating. (laughs) Five and seven. (laughs) They've been rumored to be dating for about a year now. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but he infamously bought North a Tiffany (laughs) necklace. It's been like, things are heating up fast. Anyways, so I see this and I'm like, I see the name in the TikTok in the corner. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And I very, and you know I do this all the time where I just like do it on my own. Like I don't naturally, like, oh my God, guys, I think they're, like I just like found it to be able to send it to you guys. 
And Isabel's sitting with me and she's obviously getting so annoyed because I'm like, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. She's like, can you just show me? I'm like, not yet, not yet, not yet. <laughs> and I'm like going through and I'm watching it, whatever. Because the other thing with TikTok is that you can watch a sound and there's so many of them that you don't recognize what it is. So she's like, what is it? Is it Huddy? Is it Charlie? Is it this? Is it that? And I'm like, just you wait. You and I found it and I'm texting you and I'm like, you are going to lose it. And there's this TikTok of North and there's like two or three of them of her and Consequence's son dancing together and she's so fucking cool in it and so cute and it is I couldn't believe it it had like 500 likes I was like get this shit as viral as you can make it this should have a million likes I was like how is this not everywhere and clearly it's not like without Kim's consent he would never be able to post something of her and it wasn't anything like scandal or bad they were just it dancing was, they were it was the cutest dancing. it was so cute she's in this leather getup. Oh my God, I was just- It was just adorable. It was just the most kids being kids thing. It's like, you forgot that she was Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's daughter for a second. She was just like a kid at a sleepover. Exactly. And that there's nothing like seeing North in her element like that. And she she's such a little performer. Oh my God. No, I Julie, can't. she's going to be- That was the best. Finding that TikTok was the best. I was losing my mind. I know. That you was, really were. I really was. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe we were getting that. Duh. Like there's, there are a couple of things that have happened in the past couple of months where I'm like, how did we just get that content? You know and what I mean? that's how I feel about North on TikTok. That's how I feel about North and on TikTok. And it's not even North's TikTok. It was like you stumbled upon a TikTok that had North in it. That ha- exactly. That was, it was wild. Crazy times we live in, kid. Crazy times we live in. JLo's on TikTok. Ashley Tisdale's on TikTok. Ashley Tisdale's funny on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. She's doing it well. Yeah. I don't like celebrities on TikTok though. Well, the TikTokers feel like they're, in, you know, encroaching on their territory. I know. You feel like you're one of the TikTokers? Well, I have a TikTok now. Well, yeah. Follow comments by TikTok where we post the best comments on TikToks, both on Instagram and on TikTok. Yeah, so I'm a TikToker now, so. You are. Don't even talk to me. Um, I'm above before- you now. <laughs> yeah. Peasant. Plebe. Right. It's not like it's my account or anything. Um, <laughs> not like we do this together or anything. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No. I wanted to make an announcement, which is, we get reviews sometimes that are so nice, but they're not, you can't track it back to a person because they're just random names. And we've gotten so many nice ones. One that came in the form of a numbers with someone's username. Yes. And there was one, the username I think was like Zesty Lesty. If this is you, please send an email to press at commonsbyceloves.com so that I can personally thank you because my dad cried. My yeah. dad fully cried. Of course. You don't understand how much we read every single one, even the mean ones, which there really aren't a lot of. And I really like when they're nice, but it was so, so, so nice. It was really sweet. There's really nothing special. like being able to show my dad and then having him cry. Like, I'll, it'll it's never get It's the best get thing old. in the world, it's right? It's the best thing in the world. Okay, I think that's all, guys. Um, we're going to cut to Kristen's interview after this. And then on Wednesday, we have Victor Cruz, and we'll see what that is. We have no idea what that's going to be. It'll probably go up late Wednesday. And um, we love you guys, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Okay, so one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So 
It makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, term supply. We are so excited about our guest for today. We are here with founder of Uncommon James, mom of three, e-correspondent, and undisputed reality TV icon whose show Very Cavallari airs Thursday nights at nine on E. Kristen Cavallari is here with us. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh God, thank you for coming. I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you. Yay. We, like, we grew up with you, really. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So congratulations on season three. Thank you. So exciting. Thanks. So crazy. Crazy, right? Yeah, oh it's God. wild. I know. Even to be sitting here and saying season three, I'm like, God, that went by fast. <laughs> you know? Right? But yeah, no, it's been incredible. And I'm just thankful that we're back. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. actually, by the time this airs, um, this podcast airs, the episode will have come out. So we can talk about it a little bit. Okay, cool. But before we get into the specifics, just tell us what can viewers expect from the season on a, as a whole? Season three is definitely very emotional and for different reasons throughout the whole season. The, the season starts off and you see... Um, um, obviously, you know, this um, downfall that I have with a girlfriend. And that's um, been, har- it was heartbreaking at the time. It's heartbreaking for me to go back now and almost relive it, you know? Um, so that's been tough. And then later in the season, I actually got to go to Italy and meet ancestors that I didn't even know existed. So again, very emotional, but for very different reasons. Yeah. Um, Brittany is going through quite a lot this season. Obviously, we saw her break up with Stone. Um, very dramatic and emotional. Um, I-, I am excited for everyone to see where she is now though because she's come such a long way and I'm really proud of her and she's such an amazing woman so that's a really exciting journey that I I want people to see for her um, and then obviously the opening up of my my second store Chicago which again emotional and again for di- very different reasons but so it's a really good season I mean it's more about my personal life than it has been the past two seasons mm-hmm. um which, you know, I, I think has been, it's been good. I mean, obviously filming a reality show, it doesn't make for a good culture in a company, you know, go figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so I, I worked really hard in between seasons two and three to get the company to a really great place and to have people there who are there for the right reasons and who are really here for the long haul. And I just didn't want to go back. So that was a large part of the reason for taking the cameras outside of Uncommon James as well and having it be more on Jay and I and my friend group and that sort of thing. Totally. Right. I was going to ask because the beginning of this first episode kind of started by you saying that you and Jay were in a much better place this season. And something I was curious about is like, what was the turning point? What do you think changed that? You know, I think honestly, just um, good communication and just getting to a place, you know, every relationship is about needs, what the other person needs in the relationship and is your partner willing to meet you there and and show up. And so I think it was about us just, um, you know, we were going through this weird transition with Jay retiring from football and Mm -hmm. it was this new normal and I got really busy and, you know, the tables really turned and it was just navigating through that. Um, Also, having three little kids is hard. It offers a unique set of challenges too. It's tough. You know, and it puts a lot of stress on a relationship sometimes. And so it's just going through all of that. It was just kind of a lot at one time. But I think just 
talking about everything and just showing up for one another is the the biggest thing. Totally. You know, I know that kind of typically Jay wasn't really one for press or being so much in the public eye. And I was curious how you got him to be so on board with this because it seemed a little <laughs> off brand, you know? Yeah. I guess happy wife, happy life. Yeah, that's, that's the motto, right? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. No, you know, I mean, I think it's been good in the sense that um, we've kind of eased Jay into it. You know, the right. first season, he was only in not that many scenes. Um, and so that was a great way just to introduce him to the whole reality world, get a taste for it. And he had such a positive reaction. And I honestly think that that's why he's so on board now is because people are finally getting to see who Jay is. You know, his sarcastic, dry humor. And, and you know, coming from the NFL, people didn't really understand him and they thought he was a dick. And he can be a dick, you know? <laughs> but um, can't we all? <laughs> totally. But he he's funny and he's a good guy. He's down to earth. And so I think having people see see him now for who he really is has been really nice for him. Totally. I mean, I think sometimes when you watch reality shows, the spouse who's not necessarily the star, it's almost like they're on, but you can sense this, this sense of like misery for being there. And I don't get that vibe at all. Yeah. I, I was I, like, I'm always surprised to see that. I feel like he wants to be doing it. You I know what he, I mean? He would never admit it, but I think he's having fun I think with he loves it. I think so he's too. Into it. I think he's into it. He's into it. We were saying it's a little that. spotlight return for no, him. Totally. Yeah, he it, likes it. It's fun. <laughs> so at the end of this first episode, we kind of get a little teaser as to Justin meeting with Kelly. Yeah. And I know you can't give too much away and I'm not going to pry, but <laughs> what, you know, can you tell us anything about your current state with Kelly or what's going on there? I mean, it definitely unfolds throughout the season and, and you will see where we are. And I think after a few more episodes, I'll definitely, I'm more than happy to say where we are, but I don't want to, I don't want to say because I don't want to kind of give it away. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're along for the ride on the show um, and you know, her scene with Justin, I, I I was dying to see that scene. Obviously, you know, I heard about it. Everyone told me about it. But then actually seeing it, it was like, fuck. You know, it's just like, this is what I'm really going through. This was really one of my best friends. You know, like, this is all very real. And that's the hard part is just seeing how how she was in the scene. It killed me. It just did. Wow. So, Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't wait to see. I can't even imagine, like, having to see a conversation on your own show. Yeah. Like, it's a very strange thing, yeah. I imagine. And they asked me. They were like, you know, is it okay? Because I'm, I'm an executive producer on the show. Yeah. So they are like, do you care if Kelly films? I was like, no. I Her side should be shown. You know, I want her to speak right. her piece. She was such a large part of the show, too. And it wasn't like, I would never just want to bash Kelly. You know, I mean, this was one of my best friends, like I said. And I actually started the season not talking about it because I didn't know where we stood. I didn't know what was going to happen. And again, I just didn't want to put all of that out there. And then, um, you know, I mean, obviously it would had to be, had to have been addressed because she was such a large part of the show. Mm -hmm. But I actually texted her and I said, hey, after I had my first conversation about it on the show, I said, hey, I just want to let you know, I, I started talking about our situation on the show. Just a heads up. I wanted you to hear it from me, blah, blah, blah. And she just didn't respond. And then she went to film and I was like, okay, well, I, I guess we're talking about it, you know? Right. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that was kind of what happened. Honestly, like as, as a viewer, I never felt like you had any sort of malicious intent. Like I felt like it was clear Good. that you wanted, and I'm not just saying that. Like, yeah. I felt like it was clear that you wanted yeah, her side definitely. to be kind of shown. Didn't you feel that way? Yeah, I think it also helps with the narrative. I think a lot of times when people sh like have shows where they show only one side, it seems like they're seems trying shady. to hide something. It seems yeah. shady. And when you show the other side, it's like, you know, regardless of who's wrong, who's right, what it is, at least you're able to come to that conclusion on your own, not right. be forced into it. Right. And I never want anyone to hate Kelly or, or anything like that. It's not like that. It's just this is what I was going through. I'm filming a reality show. And, you know, Kelly and I even season two talked about, well, why, we have to put what we're really going through out there. That's the whole point of doing a show. You know, that's what the audience connects to. And so right. it's like, well, 
here we are. <laughs> this is what's going on in my life. And when I wasn't talking about it, I felt like I had nothing to say when we were filming because the biggest thing in my life was hanging over my head, but I wasn't talking about it. And Absolutely. so, yeah, it was just, you know, it is what it is. I'm the kind of person I'm all in. If I'm going to do a reality show, then let's do it. You know? No, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I did you always think, you know, after, after Laguna Beach and, and the Hills, did you always think that you would go back into reality no. television? Oh, God, no. I was like, so how, adamant about not doing it. Yeah, how did this all come to be? <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. It was purely a business decision in the beginning. Um, I wanted to get Uncommon James out there. I wanted that exposure. And especially in the beginning, I wasn't really supposed to be on it. I looked at it, when I was pitching the show, I looked at it like Vanderpump Rules, where I thought I would pop in and out of a few episodes, but it would really be about my staff. Um, And then, you know, the E actually said that they would only do it if I was on it more. So I was like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, got Jay on board, got Kelly on board. And then it was kind of, the first season was like a good split between Kelly and I and Jay and I, and then, you know, the Uncommon James staff and everything going on over there. Season two was a little bit more about about me. And now season three clearly is mostly about me. So it's just kind of um, ironic that it's, it's come this far. But I have to say, I'm really happy that I went back because... It, I, I think for a multitude of reasons, but one, it shows the real me. It shows every aspect of my life. We're on Laguna Beach in the Hills. I felt like it was very one-sided. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe one-sided is not the right word, but I just felt like it showed one one side of my personality. And, and then obviously the Hills, I really played it up and I had fun mm-hmm. with it. But um, so for that reason, also having being an executive producer and I have, I'm working with a team of people who really value my creative direction and I have a say in the creative, like that's been really fun for me. And so I've had such a good time on Very Cavalry that when it's over, I will walk away from reality TV with such a positive taste in my mouth that that's great. for that alone, I'm just so happy that I went back. That's, no, it's yeah, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your decision not to show your kids? Because people seem to be really fascinated by that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, they're never on the show. I, if I show them on social media, I definitely don't show their faces. I want them, you know, to have their privacy and it's, it's really to keep them kids. I mean, they're seven, five and four and they're young, you know, and they may grow up and want no part of their life being exposed. I don't know, but I don't want to rob them of that decision. So when they're old enough to decide if they want to be on Instagram or if they want to be on TV or whatever, that's one thing and I'll support them. And absolutely. But they may not want to. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's it's really interesting because we have this conversation a lot just with different people that come in here about the fact it's like, we don't know what's right or what's wrong. And, yeah. and we see so many people almost making their brand about their kids and they're, you know, they're too young to decide, yeah. kind of like what you said. And oh, it, right? I don't I don't like that at all. When you're when you're using your kid to get an endorsement or whatever, I've had people offer me a lot of money, but I, my kids have to be in it. I'm like, no, I'm not going right. to use my, and I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to sound like a real bitch. And no. I don't think people are just using their children of necessarily, not, yeah. but I would not feel right taking a check and having, exposing my kids like that. I just wouldn't. Well, something we talk about is like, how, how is this going to play out? You know, like right yeah. now when they're five, when they're six, okay. But what happens when they turn 11, yeah. 13? And they have no choice. Right. right. Life is plastered all over the place and people know who they are. And I, I don't know. I, I could go on and on, but, and I, and I'm not sitting here judging people who do it. I totally understand. Yeah, it's definitely situational. Totally. And I also, there's times I'm like, I would love to post this photo of my kids. And I would like to share that part of my world with everybody. And let me tell you something, it'd be easier to film a fucking reality show if I showed my kids, because that's a large part of my life. life that I'm not showing. Right. It would help with storylines and whatever, all of that stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I just, I just, I know from my experience being on a reality show, and I was a teenager, you know, I was 17, 18, but 
you're a kid and it's so hard being a kid anyways that just having that added stress. And also sometimes, believe it or not, in reality TV, you have to walk into a scene more than once or whatever it is. And like making my kids do that and they're like, I don't want to do, like it just, I couldn't do that to my kids. Right. Be a kid, go outside and play. You don't need to be worrying about filming a TV show. No, absolutely. But I, I think- I don't know if I want to say that you're a rarity, but I think I it's yeah. it, you kind of are because it's you never hear people like, oh, so and so showed their kids. It's more so like, you know, Chris and Val and Dax Shepard putting emojis in front of their kids. You only yeah. hear about it when they're doing what you are doing. That's true. And you know, I think too, we're in an interesting, cool time because I know people.com, e.com, you know, they don't show children anymore, celebrity kids anymore, which I really respect. And I know I think it was um, Dax and 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 uh, Kristen Bell who really were leading the charge with that, and I really think that that's awesome because, you know, it's one thing for the parent to sign up for this life, but the kid didn't choose it, you know, and so let's give them the opportunity to make that decision themselves. And also a totally different decision for a parent to s- decide to show their kids versus a paparazzi. Like it, it makes it uncomfortable yes. to take your child out, and then yes. it's like if I want to show my kid, that's my decision. I can yeah. post an Instagram, but I don't want them to have to be going to school and worrying about somebody Absolutely. hiding, waiting to take a photo of them. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and I, there are photos of um, my kids out there on, actually, this is kind of funny. My oldest, Camden, he's seven and he is, you know, he's in first grade now and he's at a school that goes up to eighth grade and like older kids will come up to him and be like, your dad's Jay Cutler or like, oh, I follow your mom on Instagram and it's like, he's like starting to become aware of that now Yeah, and he knows how to use a computer and he will Google himself. Oh my God, that's so funny. Oh man, there's a lot of pictures. I used to take, I mean, I take my kids to LA once in a while, but Camden, especially when he was younger, he went everywhere with me. And there's one photo actually where I'm like looking at him and um, he's looking dead into the camera, picking his nose. And it's pretty hilarious. And I'm like, all right, well, there's going to be a photo of him out there. That's kind of amazing. That's so funny. It's cute. Speaking of LA, I wanted to know, what what would you say is the biggest difference between, because you've lived in LA, Chicago, Nashville now, obviously. What? How would you like compare? Um, well, I will say there are a lot of similar similarities and because Nashville has, you know, the country music scene. So yeah. there is like that cool kind of like almost Hollywood feel to it. But it also has a really nice balance with just, you know, the people are so nice, so down to earth. It's interesting. When we first moved there, I'd be like checking out at Whole Foods and the the grocer, grocer, what do you say? Cashier. Yeah. Cashier. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> would be like, how's your day going? And like genuinely care. That doesn't happen in New York. That doesn't no, happen yeah. in LA. Everyone's like, go, 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 get out of my face. Why are you talking to me? What do you want from me? Yeah. So it's just different. It's a slower paced life and I really love it. And people are just normal and cool and chill. We notice that. I think the biggest thing that we always say when we travel is you never realize how quickly they bring the check in New York until you go, yes, right? I know. Oh my God, yeah. They're like, what is taking so long? And yeah. it's like, no, that's just normal. Yeah, they're like, no, we want you to hang out and enjoy. Yeah. And like, you do? I know. Like, New York is like, Wait, boom, in New York, boom, it's boom, like, man. we have a million reservations and in and out. Uh-huh. And I hate, I'm like the type of person that like, I get like agita waiting for the check to come. So we'll be other places. And I'm like, can we just get the check? And you're like, it's not how we do it here. Like, you just need to chill. I'm like, oh gosh, go to like Italy. You're like, where, oh my God. where our server no, go? No, they, <laughs> you will wait a year for a cup literally, of water. Literally. literally oh my God. Just enjoy. Take a breath. There is zero urgency. No, it's it's (laughs) crazy. I want to know... Like so, how old were you when Laguna Beach first started? You were so I had just turned seventeen. I was a junior in high school. How do you think that changed the course of your life, both personally and professionally? I know it's a really loaded question, but I guess it's kind of like 
you know, that was a huge decision to make at such a young age, and you didn't know how it was going to yeah. affect things. Yeah, not at all. I mean, none of us did, you know? Um, so it's interesting. I, I definitely think it obviously changed my life in a million ways. I think that moving to Laguna Beach from Chicago changed my life more. And obviously then— Clearly, you know, the show came and all of that. I think if I would, because I was living in Chicago with my mom, I moved out to Laguna my freshman year of high school. And I think had I stayed in Chicago, my life would have been very different. But even just, you know, being in Southern California, I wanted to go to school and study broadcast journalism. And I wanted to kind of work my way in being a TV host or whatever it was. And so obviously then with, you know, the MTV show, it kind of just you know, pushed me even more in that direction. Um, I ended up acting for a while and some of that stuff, but it definitely opened up a lot of doors that never would have been opened up for me. Right. And, you know, never would have happened. No. So it's, yeah, talk about being at the right place at the right time for sure. Absolutely. Do you, are you still in touch with anyone? What's the deal? Yeah, I am. So from Laguna Beach, I still talk to Steven. I talked to both Alex's. Um, yeah. And then from the Hills, I talked to Audrina and Heidi and, you know, Spencer kind of through Heidi. They're like a package deal. Yeah, <laughs> right, of course. I think that Spencer has like a little crush on Jay, which is kind of funny. That's <laughs> so adorable. It's it's so funny. Um, and then I still talk to Brody too. So uh, yeah, a good amount of, of wow, everybody. That's amazing. It's cool. Though. It's like yeah. cool to be able to still have those connections. Yeah, it's like that. Bo- we're gonna have that bond for Forever. life. You know, we went through something together that, that you could never explain to never anybody explain. else. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, and I, you know, I love everybody, and everyone's in that next phase of their life with babies, and everyone's marrying, and you know, so it's it's cool. It's totally. Really exciting. Yeah. Do you ever go back and watch? God, or, no. like if it's on, hell no. <laughs> No, I make I, myself cringe. I'm has like, Jay ever watched? So MTV has played uh, Laguna Beach and I think The Hills too. Like during the summer, sometimes they do all those reruns. And I think it was a couple years ago, he put it on as a joke. And I was like, can we not, please? This is embarrassing. Yeah, oh. no, it's not cute. <laughs> so I, you know, I, honestly, I find it so brave because for me, like when I think back, if I had a camera with me when I was 17, oh. it's like my worst nightmare. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm, oh, yeah. I want to pretend like that didn't exist in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah same. Can't you know? do it. I, know. I imagine it'll be very funny for your kids to see that someday. someday. I mean, down the road, but someday. Yeah, when they're like 40. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. I know. There were some moments. I don't know. I'd be know. careful with your son on Google. He might be. <laughs> no kidding. God. Although I will say, I feel like now if Laguna Beach aired, it I don't know if it would have been as good because, you know, compared to everything that's on TV now, it was so tame. It was, but it was so, I don't know, there was just something about it. I guess because it was kind of the first of its kind. Yeah. And it was like— no, I don't it know. Was it was such a culture. Co- yeah, there was. <laughs> it was so iconic, and oh my god, oh, I remember it so clearly. And oh. I was so young. Oh my, how that's, it was fifteen years ago, you guys. Oh my Isn't god, I mean, Julie, we were when we 10. started filming. Anyway, we were so, ten yeah. when it started, and oh, I remember wow. thinking, you guys were watching it. Yeah, at ten years old, I, I, I was mean, eight. Oh my <laughs> I god, was eight. Guys, where were your parents? I, I don't know. We, I had <laughs> no my wrong. parents. It, it was so funny because I had parents that were just like. If you watch TV and stop talking, like, you can watch whatever you want. Like, that was my parents. They were like, if, as long as, because I'm one of three girls. So oh, my parents yeah. like, if you're not fighting and you're watching TV, turn on whatever 100%, you want. 100%, I get it. So I, <laughs> I used to watch everything. And wow. Are you the youngest? Middle. Okay, so you had an older sister. Who yeah, probably, so she was yeah. watching and then, yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. It's like my four-year-old is, like, doing everything my seven-year-old is doing. I'm like, oh, man. Oh, well, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, these are the coolest people ever. It's like, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of like that it's meme of— <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like that meme of when you're, you're, you know, you're younger and you think people in their 20s, like they have oh, it all yeah. figured out. They're oh, adults. Yeah. And then you get older and it's like, we're literally all just figuring it out. You exactly. just like have to pay taxes now. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Adulting sucks, right? You also, <laughs> also being from the East Coast though, it was so, it was another world for us. Oh, I couldn't that, even imagine it. That like, makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it was a lot of things just sort of aligned for us. Obviously with the success of the OC and yes, Laguna is so incredibly beautiful, you know, that I think that was a large part of the draw and it was a reality show, but it looked like a movie. You're like, is this right. real? Is this fake? What's going on? The love triangle, you know. It's yeah. Like, it's yeah, we got lucky. You, yeah, no, you did. I think that something that people really admire about you and we do, but also just, um, we posted about this in our Patreon group from what people were saying is like, you have really been able to elevate your brand via social media and your show. And what do you think what what tools do you use to do that? I mean, a lot of it, I think, just comes naturally because it's who you are. But yeah. if you were giving advice, I guess. So thank you. Um, you know, honestly, it has not been, it's not this like thought process of in my head of like, okay, I'm going to do this and then hopefully I'm going to gain followers or like whatever it is. I'm really just being me. I'm 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 being authentic. And I would say that to everybody because you're the only you out there, you know? And as cheesy as that is, it's true. I think don't try to be somebody else, you know? Don't I think we can look at people for inspiration, but I think it's pretty obvious when you're just copying somebody. Mm-hmm. And so be you and and speak your mind. I think it's okay to speak your mind. I think especially now everyone's so afraid of backlash or being judged or whatever, but that's all noise, you know? I think when you can kind of like tune all of that out. And I stopped reading my comments, which has been the most freeing thing. So I'm just, oh, that's interesting. just being me and living my life, you know, which is really nice. I'm not hung up on what everyone is saying or what their opinion about me is. And I think obviously that comes with age, that comes with maturity. But when you just love yourself and you're, you know, you know that you're a whole person, you don't A, look for outside validation and B, you're just living your life and being you. And I think that there's something to that. I think that people respond to that. They, they resonate with that. Even with very cavalry. I mean, nowadays, it's like, how do we make a headline? How do we make a splash? I've never been like, okay, what do we need to do to, you know, get out there? It's, I'm just, I'm just speaking from the heart and being me. And so, you know, I I don't know. That's the only advice I can give. I think just, just be you. When, when do you think it clicked for you that that was the way to, to be? Um, from day one, I've always been myself. It's never, it's never been a conscious thing. It's just, and I think as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, okay. Cause people ask me that a lot. Like, what have you done in order to get where you are? And it hasn't been this, it hasn't been like a business plan in my head. You know, it's just been happening. Luck is on my side. A hundred percent. I think again, I was at the right place at the right time. And I've been able to have doors open for me and I've run with it. I think you have to work your ass off too. I think, you know, nothing comes easy. You know, yes, doors have opened for me, but I've I've had to prove myself and I still feel like I'm proving myself. And and hey, if you need something like that in order to drive you, I think most people's drive comes from a darker place, mm-hmm. you know, then screw it, use it and and show everybody. I mean, I have a, a reminder in my phone on Tuesdays, I think, that says fuel. It's like use all of the noise for fuel to push harder. You know, you just have to take everything and 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 flip the, the script in your head and put a positive spin on it. To- no, totally. Are there any like spiritual practices or anything in your own life that you do? So I'm trying to meditate more, but even, so what I just said, you are whole, that's kind of my 2020 mantra is like, is you are whole. And when you can look at yourself as a whole person, you don't need anything else, Mm -hmm. truly. And, you know, whether you have an issue with your mom, your dad, your spouse, whatever, everybody has something, you know? And I think too, like, 
I know family stuff, even if you do all the therapy in the world and, you know, there's always like that one thing that hangs over our head. And I think that once you can just take the power back and just say that, you know, I'm whole, I don't need anybody else. I don't know. It's, it's really empowering. No, totally. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's one of the most um, like liberating realizations. Thanks. You know, I, I really Definitely. Do. Hey, you guys can use my mantra. I, I'm <laughs> no, taking it. I'm setting a reminder on my phone for every Tuesday. There you go. Fuel. Fuel. I love that. Something everybody wants to know is people are obsessed with Jay's Instagram. And they, I mean, the bio is all, is, you can, is it you? Can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, it's 100% me. I, I will say he'll send me photos and be like, put this on the ground. And, you know, if I'm like, what do you want me to say? Like, what would you say? Like, it's it's more of a collaboration, really. Right. But he's never actually been on Instagram. So, essentially, I'm like his assistant just doing his postings for him. It's so <laughs> funny. So, so funny. But it is funny because I started on mine, because um, he's never really been on social media. But, I mean, years ago, I would post a photo and it'd be like him, like, smoking meat or whatever. And I'd be like, if Jay had his Instagram, this is what he'd be posting. And right. then we were just like, screw it. This would be funny. So, I just made it. And I, it's supposed to be like— if Jay had Instagram, this is the shit he'd be posting. Yeah. You know? Well, I have so to tell you, what, what were people's, con- everybody in our Patreon group, when we posted it, they're like, tell her she's killing it with that Instagram. <laughs> That's awesome. People were obsessed yeah, with they it. Are. I'm they glad love that it. people like it. That's it's, awesome. They are. Good. I know we have only a little bit more time with you, but I just wanted to get a little nostalgic for a second, okay, if you cool. don't mind, kind of like a rapid fire round. Okay. And I'm not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> if we, cool. <laughs> not to put you on the spot, yeah. but <laughs> okay. So if we go back to like the Laguna Beach Hills era, what would you say is one of, if not the most, when you think back, like cringiest moment from the show? Oh God, uh, you guys came at me like fucking piranhas, <sighs> you know. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I can laugh at it now. At the right, time, yeah. I was like, "Girl, get your shit together." So that was really. I mean, I filmed it at Heidi and Spencer's wedding. That was like my first time filming the hills. But that that you know that piranha scene was my real first time filming the season, and everyone was really excited. Heidi and Spencer showed up with a bottle of tequila, and that was like multiple tequila shots in. And well, I'll just give you the, the whole backstory. So Audrina and I leading up to it, we're talking and we were both like, we know that they want us to hate each other. They're going to try to pin us against each other. And we were like, screw that. We're not going to do it. And then we were filming and I was talking to Justin Bobby and she came up to me and was like, you know, coming after me. And I was like, what? That's why I was like, okay, it's going to be like this. Cause yeah. I was like, we just fucking talked about that. We were going to be buddies. So it was, oh. I was like, okay, it's on then. Oh my what God. Thr- Even just hearing <laughs> you yeah, say I know, the it's name. It's like very, yeah. <laughs> when I hear Justin Bobby, it's no, like, forget about it. <laughs> I am reliving my childhood. I swear to God. Um, what was your favorite moment? If you had to say, or one of the best, most feel good. Um, I mean, you know, I do, I do have a lot of um, positive feelings about it. I mean, I think too, with Laguna Beach, like having my high school graduation on camera and prom, like that's awesome. You know, not many people can say that they have those moments looking like a movie. So I think that's awesome. Also, I mean, you know, Steven was my my love and we had some really sweet moments, I think too. I think it was right before he went to college and we were like up sitting on top of, I guess one of our cars, I can't remember who's like overlooking the ocean. And yeah. it was just a sweet moment, you know? So like, that's sweet. Um, and then the hills, I mean, the hills I had fun because I just came into it like, let's do this. What do you yeah. want me to do? I looked at it as a job and I got to really like play up that bitch character. So it was fun. It was yeah. all fun. Does Steven and Jay know each other? Like, do they? They have never met. Although, <laughs> what? It, Steven said he wants to go hunting with Jay. That's oh so God. funny. Let's He's such it. a, Steven's such a little cutie. That, Isn't he? he oh is. my God, the sweetest. Yeah. yeah. I always remember. 
remember that. Yeah. He still he still looks good, ladies. <laughs> I mean, listen, I got to tell you. I think that was like one of my awakenings. Yeah. I, have, I have to say for sure. <laughs> and then he was on One Tree Hill, right? Yes. 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 Remember? Yeah. What a throwback. I know. When uh, it was, I, was it Jason that followed us a couple days ago? I was like, this okay. is a this is a throwback. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, I love it. I was like, what is That's going Jason's on Jason's a good guy too. Yeah. yeah. He's a really good guy. I have nothing but love for him. I love hearing that. Yeah. Good, good guy. We had a lot of fun together in high school before he got sober. <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot. I mean, your high school. Yeah, you definitely had a lot of fun. We in had high a lot school. of fun in high school. Oh now my I'm like, god! Oh man, I'm not ready for that with my kids. Buckle up, baby. Well, we always talk about that. It's like you can't even say to them, "Don't do that." They're like, "Mama." Yeah, they're like, "Guess what? I know what you were doing." I know. Although I have to say, I got to high school and I was like, "This is what it's going to be like," and it couldn't have been farther from that. So I'm not too concerned about your kids because it's it's never like that again. That's like hilarious. there are things that could only happen in early 2000s That's reality funny. TV and, it's, and and it stays there and it stays there yeah <laughs> it stays there <laughs> where it lives and dies yeah. it's so so true something that we always like to end with is we like to ask our guests a couple things number one who is your favorite follow on Instagram oh okay um I really love well okay um god I'm like the worst okay I love Kate Hudson she's always my girl oh my crush god. She's yes fun. she's a good one I also like fat Jewish yeah so I funny. mean memes memes for comedic memes. relief yeah, of <laughs> absolutely um, yeah I don't know I'm kind of I don't follow a lot of people on Instagram. I'm like, you can say Jay. <laughs> <laughs> if Jay had Instagram, it's the funniest Instagram on the planet. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> it, it is a good one. And we also ask you to nominate who you think would be a good guest for us to have. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, Jay? <laughs> We'd love <Or> him. down. <laughs> he would probably be, be pretty good with you ladies. Or um, who else could I say to you? How about... Um, uh, God, why am I like? Oh no, Justin, my best friend Justin, who's on Very Cavalier. Justin Anderson, oh, of course. Yes, I you was guys, gonna... he would be so good. Okay, wait. He like the whole moving to Nashville thing. Him really becoming or what it seems to be a yeah. huge part of the show. Yeah, I am so excited. When I saw, I'm so happy to hear that. You want to know how I know that you love him because mid filming you went into that sauna. You know what I'm saying? Right? You filmed an episode in like, or like no, a couple, do, even a yeah. couple minutes in a sauna. Yeah. That's not good for hair and makeup. Hot. And you were just Did like, you see me? I was like, oh, yeah, you're like, was, we got to get out of here. I was like, she must here. really love this guy. He is such, and he's so funny. He's such a good guy. I've known him for 15 years. Wow. Um, and obviously too, I mean, even so much more than that, he has such an incredible career. And obviously he does like every A-list actress on the planet. He does their hair and he's just, I think he, you guys would have a lot of fun with him. Yeah, so we definitely got to get him. I can probably hook it up. Thank you. <laughs> this was so, so, so much fun. You guys, don't forget, Very Cavalry, season three, Thursdays at nine on E. We are so happy to have thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank Bye. you. Guys thank are you awesome. for coming. Anytime. <laughs> So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada. 
which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.